Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I am Simone de Rochefort, and as usual, I am joined by Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, and Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com. And we have two, two whole special guests tonight. We have Amy Jane Gruber, who is the host of the Just the Tip podcast. And I, I hear you're also the better Gruber of the Grubers. Yes, You're the superior Gruber. Definitely. Awesome. Better Gruber. Better Gruber. <laughs> and I'm we also, with. oh, sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. That's I'm just, fine. that's the end of that conversation. You yeah, are the better I mean, Gruber, period. That's it. Done. That's the show, guys. We also have Guy English, who hosts Debug on iMore and is the founder of Aged and Distilled. They put out the app Napkin for the Mac. Yeah, yeah. How are you guys doing? Really well. I'm excited. I didn't know what Guy did. We've been friends for a very long time, and I wasn't I'm really sorry. Sure I took away stuff. the mystery. <laughs> wow. No, I do feel that, like, yeah, we should stipulate that. Like, I, it, Amy's a good friend of mine. <laughs> All right. I don't, Disclosure. I don't like her husband. I'm trying to break her up from her husband. <laughs> Wow, it all comes out. Oh my God. So as you can tell from that uh, confession just now, tonight's episode is going to deal with some adult topics. There's a lot of raw emotion and um, there's a lot of issues, honestly, surrounding women in technology and a lot of the things that affect us that are really crappy, uh, including harassment, including, honestly, the inability of men to believe when women are being harassed and to trust women's opinions on things. Um, I'm going to hand things over to Amy and Guy to talk about some hairy and topical issues that have been happening since September, which you guys are super embroiled in. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel great now. Like it, this has been, I, and I don't mean that in like a vindictive sense, but this has really been eating at me and mm-hmm. I feel like, I've just been sitting back and watching it happen and feeling kind of helpless because it just didn't seem like the climate was right in the Mm -hmm. community to bring it up. It seemed like anyone who had an entanglement with this person came out looking badly. So let's back up and contextualize. So in the Twitter community or Twitter tech community since September, there has been a lot of heated feelings about some articles written by a person who at the time was believed to be a woman. Uh, recently it came out that it was a man who had been in the community and had t- taken on a female persona and was writing as a woman. Let's um, name names. Yes. I mean, I know we're not talking about the person, <laughs> but let's talk about, like, we can actually name names here. Like, we can, we can actually, names. so people can know, like, who we're talking about. Yes, so right, it was right. Victor Johnson writing as Samantha Bielfeld. Um, there, there was a lot of interpersonal drama and basically... Um, fabricated harassment against Victor's female persona, perpetrated by Victor himself, unfortunately. And while a lot of the people who appear to be directly affected by this were men, like Marco Arment, like John Gruber, uh, like Neelay Patel, uh, in the end, it does ref- it really, really reflects on women in tech as a whole, how we are treated, how people respond to us. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight, not specifically like pointing fingers and shaming this person, but talking about the wider context of what this means for women in tech and what the heck even happened. Because it was really, really difficult to follow. Even for me as a person who knew everyone involved, it was a lot of, um, I, was it, Amy, was it your Twitter where you mentioned that a lot of the, so much of this had happened in subtweets and Slack channels? Like it was incredibly difficult to keep track of what was going on and who was telling the truth at what time. 
Yeah, it was it was really difficult. And in truth, it was not the way that um, I wanted it to come out. I didn't feel like Twitter was a good way, like 140 characters at a time was not really a good way for it to come out. But um, this person, uh, I had been struggling and, uh, you know, guy can I can speak to this, too. Like I had been struggling to do with this information because I had suspected that this person was not who they said they were in August, honestly. Um from yeah. the time they first, because you all know that they were aggressively tweeting at all kinds of people in uh, your community. And it was the, the conversation, like this person appeared out of nowhere and then automatically was right. talking to all of us and, as if we were as if we knew who this person was. And literally uh, the first tweet was like, gosh, think I'll give this Twitter thing a try. And, you know, presenting herself as probably a mid-20s girl. And from yes. the very beginning, it was like, what kind of mid- girl in her mid-20s says, A, gosh, and B, <laughs> like, why don't I give this Twitter thing a whirl? But yet was so keyed in and obviously listened so, to all that podcast. That, that, that was for me was, 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 was the big thing, was that this was somebody who came out of nowhere, which is fine. I mean, you can have people who can join into a right. conversation and who are new to a community. But this was a person who instinctively, instantly, even from the first article that, that was written on on the website um, that wasn't about who this person was, was very clearly in depth in this community, had been following it for a long time. And right. and it, like to the point where, you know, like it, for years, it was clear that this person had been following along. And again, you can be somebody who follows along and then takes a long time to get a voice out. It was just the nature in which this stuff just happened. The At least for me, the the the, the dis- there was a disconnect between how much this person seemed to be saying and um, how um, shallow their social media footprint was. Mm-hmm. So, so why is this right? happening? Can I say something? Yeah, yeah, go, go for it. it. Can I say something about that? You know, something I've had to learn this year is, you know, when you're a public figure, um, there's a kind of guardedness that you have to learn because people are, you know, I've had the, I've had a situation pop up where I've said things to people in good faith and suddenly I've found that like broadcast on the internet in chat logs right. of people. So, yeah. you know, when someone shows up out of nowhere, like a very normal progression is, hey, I listen to the talk show. I know who John Gruber is. And then maybe I'm going to go learn who Marco Armand is and then like kind of follow from there. But somebody that walks into the conversation and instantly follows Jason Snell, follows me, follows you, Christina, right. follows, mm-hmm. you know, the relay hosts. I mean, it just for because we are public figures here it set off a lot of warning bells from the very very beginning with this and you know right. that's not to say that we were you know i had many conversations with with this person right. samantha you know when i thought she was a woman intact and it was in good faith but yeah i think it's worth saying from the very beginning um you know, there's been a lot of concern about the way this person represented mm-hmm. them which comes back mm-hmm. to my question which is why is it coming out now when this has been happening since September? Well, I, I mean, I can I can speak to that a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, and just to go back to Brianna's point, I think that in the beginning when my husband showed me the tweets, because she had been tweeting at him very aggressively, and he showed me and asked me what I thought about it. And I said, I, I don't think this person was claiming to live also in our city. And I said, yeah. I don't think this person is... And creepily, actually within blocks of me, um, which we haven't talked about much, but she was claiming to, you know, she would bring up things in my neighborhood or near my house. And it was evident to me from those tweets, though, that she didn't live here because she was just just off. 
you know? Yeah. Right, right. Just Googling. Or no, I actually suspected from the beginning that it was somebody who did not live in Philadelphia, but had a slight familiarity with it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Because she, she would say things, uh, you know, kind of, kind of right, but then totally wrong. Things as, uh, as, it as was like, they had it seen something, but it was... her tweets were trying to was... say, like, I definitely, yeah, I definitely, you know, I went to the... Apple, you know, the Apple store, the Walnut Street Apple store, which is in Philadelphia, where I absolutely definitely live for sure. <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia's the best. You know, like it. Philadelphia wow. squirrels. <laughs> Philadelphia squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like she took a picture of squirrels or something. It was like, look at these Philly squirrels. And it's like, who would, you know, who would say like, look at these Boston squirrels. Like they're yeah. right. special. Like it was just really, really weird stuff. And I think um, then to, you know, to get to your point, why it's coming out now, I think that although I've had, and John as well, we've had these suspicions, we didn't feel like it was right to say anything until we knew for sure. Um, You know, you don't, you never know what the situation is. You never, it, it just didn't feel right. And then once we knew for sure um, and, and it's actually not that long ago, right, Guy? Like, we haven't known yeah. who this person was, Victor Johnson. We haven't known Maybe a couple of, for maybe very long. Maybe a bit, yeah. How, did you, guys, and how then, did you guys figure out who it was? Sorry, go on. Before you answer that, uh, you uh, finish your point. Guy, would well, you like I, to take that? Or? Uh, well, okay, I do want to say that uh, there's a lot of people that, that I, I think wished that they'd had this information sooner. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, Amy was frustrated with me and probably, and definitely rightfully so. (laughs) And then like, I didn't. I was very angry. (laughs) I No, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't think it was right to sort of uh, just randomly bring this to light because it would only seem vindictive or like, oh, Mm -hmm. look, she's talking about Marco, who's a friend of ours. Uh, And that it didn't sit right with me. It didn't sit right with me as, uh, I don't know. I'm like a middle-aged white dude, and things are pretty awesome for me, having set up for me. <laughs> I, so, I, I see your point. So it, it kind of ties into the fact that the people who are affected all knew each other and were friends. So it becomes politically confusing to retaliate, especially when these are people who have large voices in the community, right? There's certainly that, and there's the aspect of punching down. And, and yeah, yeah. Just sure. I mean, it's a goofy metric, but just mm-hmm. sure, Twitter follower numbers. Totally. Like, like why I think am I going t- after this person? It doesn't matter. Right. That has like 1,600 followers. No, totally. I didn't know until you guys obviously had the proof together that this was conclusively um, uh, not a woman. But I had a feeling very early on that it wasn't. And and then I had pri- private conversations when um, the, the, the posts and, and the, the, the remarks about Marco started. I had private Twitter conversations with people who were saying to me, do you think that this is really a guy? And I was like, oh, absolutely, this is a dude. And and I said it in certain Slack channels too. I was like, of course this is a guy. Of course the this issue is. isn't that, that it isn't a woman. It's that. Uh, but I didn't want to say to anything that, publicly. That, that he fabricated threats mm-hmm. against yes. his female right. character. Yes, that right. and that's huge. You know, I you brought huge. my name into it, which really and you I used have your a lot to say about that. Oh, right. right. So right. these were these were threats that were sent to Samantha Bielfeld. From Victor Johnson's email yeah. address, and he didn't even bother to obscure his name in the email because right. And I think that's kind of like not some a kind smart of guy. sick. Not, so, yeah. But I, th- I think it's some kind of sick sociopathic thrill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I almost I think, think so. or maybe, maybe you know, just yeah, maybe. 
Oh, yeah, that's almost one in calling card or just, you know what I mean? Trying to get the name out there in some sense. But or how did lazy. you guys... Well, so, so this is it. So this, I mean, for me, uh, I, he, well, the Samantha character contacted me on the first day, uh, asked about the rendering efficiency between a Mac Pro and an iMac. Seemed like a legitimate question. I didn't have a good answer for video, and so I answered as best as I could, and I retweeted it. Subsequently, a bunch of people followed or or followed up, not followed her necessarily, or the character. Uh, and she sort of ingratiated herself very, very quickly. Uh, oh, right, right. Very young. People in the community. Very, very much so. I, the first but as like, Holly, I'm just a young girl. You know, I so appreciate you even paying attention to me. It was so ingratiating and over the top. And to I, me, I, I got reeked to, of yes. how a man would act. Uh, trying pretending to pretend to be a woman. To, uh, a man who doesn't respect women very much. No, no, I, yeah, I, I don't want to, I would, I don't think any mistakes were made by people who were acting in good faith. I really do believe that still that you should support anybody uh, who is acting legitimately and asking legitimate questions. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the damage, the only real lasting damage that Victor Johnson can do is if, uh, you know, if we stop having an open heart and open minds and, and, and be willing to really? accept new voices. Uh, and that's, Really, I, I just hope that, if anything, that's the, the, the good thing that we can take out of this mm-hmm. is that, yeah. you know, this guy is an anomaly. Uh, Definitely. And if anything, it's exposed that there's been a lot of people that acted in with good faith and good hearts uh, that yeah, were taken absolutely. in. And in a way, yeah. that's kind of great, right? Like, Yeah, a lot of right. the response that I saw um, – unfortunately misplaced in this case was people trying to defend a woman who they thought were being harassed. And it's interesting to me there, this kind of, and I want to talk to you, uh, Brianna and Christina, you both mentioned to me the other day about how your images as women have helped and harmed you both. And I think a lot of people might look at this story and think, okay, for all intents and purposes, you have a woman who was posting her opinions about tech online and she was well-received and well-read or people, why well, she was widely read and there was generally a good response to her. And people might look at that and say, okay, that sexism is dead. Hooray. Why is this not the case? Why, how is this actually hurting women in tech? Uh, well, I'll, I think it's a couple of things. I think one, first of all, I think that is un, uh, without a doubt the one of the reasons the character got attention early on and got linked to and, and certainly got followed was because it was a woman and because the photo that was chosen was of an attractive woman. Whether you know we, we found out very early on it was a fake photo, but it was one of those things that was. Um, let's be very clear: in, in a male-dominated industry, if you're a cute girl um, and you tend to speak intelligently or, or or sort of you know intelligently about tech topics, um, at least in the beginning, that's going to be an asset. Uh, I will not lie; that is one of the main reasons I originally got hired to to do technology and Apple blogging was because I was a cute girl and that helped me get my foot in the door. That was my differentiator. Now it made it harder for me to be taken seriously later on. And it's made it harder in my career later on for me to kind of, you know, break out of the mold and prove I'm actually every bit as smart as any guy that you're ever going to talk to. And when I go to events and if my husband's with me, people assume he's the journalist and not me. Um, But, uh, and I've definitely felt both sides of that, but in the beginning anyway, being a cute girl 
is definitely, especially on Twitter, an asset when you have a, a mostly you know male um, audience because there's a novelty aspect and there is, I mean, there's kind of an implicit sexism aspect of a lot of those things. So that's part of it. Um, but I think that um, I also feel like so so you get a, a little bit of attention that way, but I feel like um, that almost puts it's it's almost sexist in a sense that you're getting attention just because you're a woman. Um, so in the one hand, there's kind of the the, the thing being said, you know, oh well, this proves sexism doesn't exist in this industry. No, it kind of proves that it does because the writing, let's be honest, was okay. It wasn't great. The points were fine, but they weren't anything spectacular. Um, that is but people so something were to point out that her writing, yes, yeah. not it wasn't yeah. great. great. Well, Thank mm-hmm. you. And honestly, as a woman who is a f-ing great writer, sorry, Stephen, right. you're going to have to leave that about writer who is somebody who's a f-ing great writer. It sort of pissed me off to see the accolades. It was insulting. Like, it was really it is insulting. insulting because I'm like, you're not actually a great writer. And I don't care what no. your gender is. You're not actually a great writer. And you're getting the accolades from men who think that they're being helpful by promoting women when really you're <laughs> just promoting what you think you're feeding into the whole notion that oh oh good for her she was great you know like uh, no she wasn't um it was fine but it was completely unspectacular so i feel like for me in the beginning that was sort of bothersome like the first dms i got from this character were like oh how do you handle having so many followers and how do you still be so responsive to people and i was like why are you up asshole? But I but I but I but right. I talked to her as if this was still somebody who was legit. And the more I talked to this person, I realized I'm not getting a legit vibe from this, but that's fine. Um and, and she would you know, the character would share things to me like, This is the best thing I've ever written. What do you think of it? I mean, kind of wanting me to <laughs> kind know. of like 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 give her positive feedback. And I'm like, um, well, it's fine, but there's you don't understand the ad industry this way. Um, and and right, there are certain problems right. with your whole thesis going against Neli that you don't understand because you don't actually get the ad business. And as someone who works for a company that makes its money off of advertising and knows the ins and outs from both sides of the perspective, from the ad tech side and from like the, you know, actually having to deal with being paid, you know, for, for yeah. ad side. So, Christina, you know, I thought a lot about the, the conversation we had last night. And, you know, you were talking about how. You know, for you as a journalist, getting your foot in the door, um, you know, being an attractive woman uh, had helped you. I have to say for me, you know, I'm an engineer. Uh, yeah. I'm over in the video game industry. You can look at the stats. You can look at the numbers. You can look at the reality. And yeah, I'm not going to say that journalism is a field where, you know, we've achieved gender equality because we haven't, particularly at the senior better than, levels. But but it's better it's, than... It's than, better. Absolutely. It's definitely It's a totally better. different world. Um, totally. And I have to say, like, I, I think in engineering, the field I am in, I know some damn good, you know, gorgeous engineers, and they aren't taken seriously. Absolutely. They don't have their ideas heard. And I think it's actually the opposite in engineering. I, I would I agree with that. I think if you're attractive, you have a I have to I would say for that. me, raising money on the capital level as someone that owns a company is doing ridiculously ambitious things. I feel the discrimination every single day. And I think any man that had my track record would, frankly, have more doors open to him. And, you know, so I, you know, Christiane, I love you, I respect you. But I think it's really important to to point out that when we're talking about women in tech, we're not talking about women in tech journalists. Like no, you're we, dead we on. generally are no, talking it, about these jobs. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's a different thing. So, no, you're, you're dead yeah. on. I mean, the only thing I would say yeah. is it helped me get in the door. It's held me sure. back in terms of getting more respect later on. That's That yeah. was my only point. So since yeah. this was a person who's ostensibly trying to make a name for herself writing about tech, 
I was sort of insulted with the notion that, you know, A, anybody was treating the writing as if it was great because it wasn't. And B, later on, the idea that the reason people were defending the use of a pseudonym was saying, oh, well, the reason she doesn't use her real name is because if she wrote under her real name, people would harass her. Don't you see how terrible she's already getting this blowback? And and that's when I say, you i've always written under my own name i've gotten the blowback from people i've gotten the harassment i've gotten not the threats like you've gotten but i've certainly gotten threats i've certainly been harassed i've had terrible things said to me from the minute i started writing some of the most gross stuff to you christina and it it makes me want to like i read your twitter sometimes and i want to boil my body right and so and so so you're you're dead on my experiences as a woman in tech journalism is not the same as your experience as a woman engineer and i don't want to equate the two my my point being that if you are writing about technology I, I think that a was kind of insulting to pretend a I think it's sort of insulting that one of the reasons that she got attention to begin with was because she was a woman but that's the reality right. no one would have cared if a man had written the post it was because it was a pretty avatar and a girl's name but B it bothered me the defense of using a pseudonym saying oh well she had to use a pseudonym because if you use your real name then you're going to be harassed well you lots of us do it and and build our way up and deal with the harassment and then on the other hand people like you who are actually women engineers in tech fight completely different battles where they're being you know held back as you said um i I know a woman who who runs mobile for um, a very large um, hotel chain and and develops their apps she's gorgeous she's incredibly talented and yet when i talk to um people at that company Many times the product briefings are not with her. They're with someone, a man who's under her on her team, not because it's a a screwed up system. You know, it's a screwed up kind of motif where you're absolutely right. You haven't raised, you know, you're you're having maybe a more more difficult time raising money as a woman than you would as a man with the exact same accomplishments. And that's messed up. And those things are realities of of the, the whole industry that unfortunately becomes obfuscated when someone decides they just want to, you know, burn down a small, you know, blogging community by saying well i couldn't be in the cool kids club so let me pretend to be a woman and get attention that way and then you know try to raise my stature by you know being attacked when i'm not even really that's a good point to kind of um you know i i want this to be an episode where someone that has been following this and is confused through twitter can kind of understand the whole situation so simone um do you think maybe we could go through some of the timeline and let you know amy maybe fill in some of the parts as it was happening yeah i would love that so let's back up to the initial story that was posted, as you mentioned, Christina, was about Neelay Patel and criticizing um, some of his work. And that didn't that didn't really take off. And Samantha's writing didn't really take off until the point when uh, there was a piece written about Marco Arment and um, Overcast and the patronage model that our Marco um, implemented with Overcast 2.0. Uh, can you talk about, a bit about that, Amy? Um, um, I'm not sure what... I think that that post resonated with people. The one thing I think that is important to keep in mind is that like, and, and this is something that we had trouble with. Like she was the one saying how popular she was. She was the one saying she had 27,000. She was the one saying that she got thousands and thousands of emails and she was glad her email client could hold up. And I was like, are you freaking serious? Like, I mean, my husband runs a popular blog. That's what I was saying, too. I was like, you have like a thousand Twitter followers. <laughs> right, right. Like 1,600 Twitter followers. Like she was blowing this all out of proportion. And then to say, 
I want to say she said she got hundreds of death threats, and I I honestly don't feel she got a one. I I really, I really don't. Not a single one. Not a single one. Not even from somebody who really did think she was a woman. I have so much to say about that later. I consider myself an expert in getting death threats. I don't have a lot to say about that. So we we can come back to that. Yeah. That, I'm happy that to play sucks. devil's advocate on that. Um, but go, uh, yes, continue. Sorry. Um, yeah, so, a- Amy, what, go ahead. Um, do you want to mention that, uh, you know, the choice of targets in terms of Neelai and Marco? I, you know what? I don't know as much about the Neelai thing. I mean, I, I remember it and I remember thinking, you know, it, it, but like, you guys said that one didn't seem to to mm-hmm. to take off. So essentially, no, like when, when Samantha started publishing, um, she was writing opinion pieces that fo- focusing on criticism of things that other um, larger figures in tech had said. And uh, and I've said this to Marco to his face. I don't know Neelay that well. Uh, they've both got kind of thin skins and are yes. prone to respond. Uh, or I mean, whatever. I don't. Marco's a friend, so forgive me, Marco. But uh, I don't really know Neelai that well. But I, know, I mean, they, uh, yeah, they both kind yeah. of respond. They're, you know, they, they, they have a bit of a hair trigger. I, I don't know if I would call it thin skin, but certainly they tend to respond. They tend to be people who will get into um, online arguments um, depending on the situation. They're certainly willing to de- de- defend themselves in that way. Um, in this particular case, especially if it's somebody who has any sort of stature, in this sort of case, it started as kind of a response to what I agree was kind of a petulant article written by Neelai Patel uh, um, basically railing against the ad blocking industry um, that, that kind of cropped up around um, the release of iOS 9. And, and Neil, you know, he comes from a position which is actually very similar to my position. You know, he's um, editor in chief of, 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 of The Verge, which relies on advertising, just as I'm an employee of Mashable, which relies on advertising. Um, his position is obviously higher than mine, um, you know, at his job. And he, he understands, you know, things a little bit differently. But he was, you know, kind of going off against, you know, people who would use these tools and build these tools. I personally felt it was a little bit hypocritical because we've all criticized the television industry who claims that they're going to take their ball and go home when people, you know, skip through ads. I feel like it's hypocritical for website, um, you know, publishers to say the same thing, even though all of my income comes from advertising. Um, but um, he, you know, his remarks and, and Eli is, is a great writer and he's someone, you know, I, I know socially, um, I wouldn't call him a friend, but, but we always talk at events and he's, he's a nice guy. Um, you know, is somebody who typically will respond and, and will get into things online in this case. And I think it's because the account was so new. And I also think it's just the small number of followers. And frankly, just, I don't think he cared. It wasn't on his radar. He had bigger things to go on. You know, the Verge is a really big site. He didn't respond. And so there wasn't any sort of discussion about it. It also didn't help that I think that, uh, that the Samantha character immediately took up Dean Murphy, um, who made the the ad blocker, what is it called? Clear? Um, ad, or Crystal as, you know, kind of, you know, look at all these great things Dean is doing. And then Dean signs a deal with IEO, who's a pretty gross company, uh, which basically sells, like, l- allows people to whitelist ads. And, that, and again, that sort of the, the nature of the conversation that everyone was having about ad blocking started to change. Um, Marco, who created Peace and Adblocker, you know, felt like what he was doing wasn't right, didn't feel comfortable doing it anymore, pulled his ad blocker after all the work he put into it. You know, the, the money was refunded from the app store. And at that point, 
after the the I think the the ad conversation shifted in a way that wasn't beneficial to Neelai being involved anymore, being a target. Um, and then I think that and you guys can talk about this more than I can once it's shifted to the overcast patronage model discussion. Uh, it's probably a combination of, of bad timing for things that were happening in Marco's life and other things. It immediately things blew up online and, and the conversation became um, pretty, you know, like heated, very heated right? Mm-hmm. between right. people and who very personal, very personal. And I mean, I, I am not, I am good friends with Marco putting that out there right now. Marco's a smart guy. I mean, if we had all these suspicions, do you think Marco had these suspicions? Like, oh, of course. Yeah. Can you imagine getting attacked by someone who you thought was a complete fraud? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think and that that's being worth... quiet about it. Yeah, right. And I mean, I'm not purporting to know what Marco knew or anything like that. I'm not speaking for Marco in any single way, but he's a smart guy. And so to get attacked by someone who you think is an absolute fraud and an absolute sham and a pathological liar, I can't imagine how that feels. So absolutely. I I mean, Marco's response certainly didn't help things. And I think Marco would be the first to say that. But um Again, just a really weird climate. Like, I think that Samantha did a good job of mobilizing people who were looking to uplift women and give women a hand and people who, I don't know how to say this because I've been saying it in a really offensive way, who have like serious Marco rage boners and just want to participate in a Marco pylon, right? Yeah, Yeah. people people who are just so jealous of Marco. They're jealous of his success. They're jealous of the things that happened to him. They, they can't contain themselves. And there are people in the community who are like that. And people are also, I mean, to be totally frank, are, some of them have that same feelings towards your husband. You know, they see yeah, the people oh, who are totally. very successful and they can't handle it. And we know right. who some of the, um, you know, there's, I'm not going to call out names or anything like that. I'm not here to do that. Yeah. But there are people who part of the community who rally around. And I think you're right. I think that it mobilized people who wanted to help women and give them a voice and had positive things. And then there's also the part of it that goes, well, you know what? That guy is a jerk and he is, he sure is rich. And how dare this rich guy move to this patronage model when it doesn't do this and this and this. And that's not to say that there weren't critiques and things that you could say about the patronage model and, and, and things about how maybe they can work for Marco and can't work for everyone else. But frankly, Absolutely. John Syracuse made those points really clear on on, you know, um, ATP and 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 they had a, a really, I think, frank discussion about it. So it's not that you can't criticize Marco. It was the fact no, that at no. least for me, it wasn't criticizing his points. It got very personal into his finances and to other things very quickly. Um, and that's when the community, some of the members anyway, started to turn, at least on Twitter, um, on I, Samantha. Can I say something about that? Sure. This is what makes Samantha such a dangerous person for our industry. Because she is, he, Victor, is very, very, very skilled at taking this little bit of, of nuance and using it to get people to attack each other. I'm not going to mention what happened in DMs here, but um, yeah. you know, I had left my DMs open so uh, Samantha slash Victor could DM me if they wanted a mea culpa to just say, "Hey, you know what? I admit I was wrong. I'm going to write like an apology. This is over. Please don't like make a whole episode embarrassing me about that." I left that open as like a moral thing. 
And you know, last night, uh, you know, Victor starts tweeting me at the Samantha account, like, hey, are you around? And like, Gang was saying, I make like half a second of comment. Like, what do you want from me? Trying to talk to me. And it's like, he's trying to pull this conversation out of me and give me a little bit of bait. And then he takes like what I've said out of context. It takes it over to Christina. It's like, hey, Christina, some people, a bunch of people are telling me that I need to apologize to Marco. And then, you know, he's writing Same. other people Same involved in this. You, Amy. So this yeah. is what makes this And he this told me that dangerous. you had been... You had been super snarky and wouldn't no. answer his earnest nope. requests. Nope. I mean, and I showed you the DM about it. Yeah. It's a complete misrepresentation. That is what makes this person dangerous. There's a legitimate adult argument to be made about the patronage model that is fair. What makes Victor and what he did so unconscionable? is taking this and whipping it up against Marco, who, let's just be straight about this, Marco's had a really crappy six months, okay? Yep. He works forever on peace. Anyone in the Relay chat room knows how much Marco busted his ass working with Ghostry, doing what he does, which is put together the best thought-through software available anywhere. He does all this research, he does all this work, and the nerd rage just fans out the flames and goes after Marco and he doesn't feel great and he pulls it. He throws away months of work, a number one spot in the app store, just throws it away because he doesn't want to deal with the community. And, you know, then, you know, then Samantha does this, this, you know, Samantha slash Victor goes after Marco, fans up this flame against him in this really mean-spirited personal way of like counting his money, like yep. making allegations about how much he, he he makes. And, you know, the thing that, you know, and I did get uh, you know, Tiffany's permission to talk about this, but they had been having some really personal things uh, going on in their life as far as miscarriages. And, you know, this had really hurt their family a lot. So Marco is someone that's hurting. I had like a ton of pain in my life when Gamergate this year. And like, if you're not in that situation, you don't know how it's going to affect you. And, you know, Samantha is just stoking up the fire and enjoying it in this like self-congratulating, look at me, look how popular I am. Oh, I can't even keep up all my emails. Oh, and Marco right. hasn't even bothered threats. responding. Yeah. How dare you not respond? Well, right. maybe he has bigger Absolutely. things going on in his life right now than to yeah. deal with some person exactly. masquerading as a woman who's right. counting his and money for him and Absolutely. attacking him. Yeah. yeah. And he so, also yeah. learned there was no winning in responding. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. what he he there the only way to win is to not play in this case. And you know, I think that Marco was smart about that. And I think what Marco was most hurt about and to a sense, you know, I I get it in a small sense and I'm sure you guys have experienced it that his reputation meant nothing. Like Marco in my experience yeah. has done nothing to ever hurt women and in fact has actively tried to promote women in any way that he can. Absolutely. And so for when all of this happened, that people were so willing to believe that she was getting death threats at Marco's behest or with his, you know, okay, or, you know, his him condoning it, I think that really hurt his feelings that, uh, you know, he'd had a reputation. I mean, at least I know it would have hurt mine. I know that I feel like I have, I can certainly be smart, snarky on Twitter. I can certainly be a jerk. 
And then when I brought all this up, everyone was just like, the Grubers are pathetic. They're liars. And I was just like, what have we ever done? And I think I said to someone, I was like, yeah, I'm going to risk my husband's business and our reputation to silence this plucky young girl with 1600 followers. Like, this is bigger than that. Like the content people really drove me nuts because I think the content and the patronage model, that's a straw man. Like you're not understanding the bigger picture here. You know, and the bigger picture is how this affects women. It has nothing to do. I mean, people write horrible crap about my husband all the time and a lot of my friends. I never get involved. I don't care. You know, whatever, whatever you want. I'm not going to sit here and argue about computers. But this is bigger than that. This isn't about computers or app pricing. And if you want to support someone who is hurting the community and hurting women just because they agree with your ideas about app pricing, well, then. At least you know what you're getting into. I mean, to me, that's so ridiculous. I, I can't stand the content people. <laughs> I did see you a know, lot like, of people replying that. like that to you, being like, well, but I agree with Victor's ideas on app pricing. And, and I was like, fine, the, fine. Yeah, great. the ultimate message is that's, that's fine. That, that's a completely different issue from what this is. You can... You can Find another writer to to trust. Right. On that. And Simone, there's no I know shortage. Gotta... I've read I've read my husband's hate mail. I mean, there's no shortage of people who agree with you know your ideas. No. And shortage. I believe Michael Anderson in his write up of it on um, Building Twenty did mention that he had written a similar article criticizing the patronage model, which I feel like we should explain what the patronage model is. But first, I'm going to tell everyone that this episode of Rocket is brought to time you for by some patronage of our own, right? Patronage, Casper. <laughs> <laughs> Casper, our favorite retailer of mattresses online. Amy and Guy, do you guys know about Casper? I would love to know more about Casper. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I get to subject you to a classic Rocket ad read. Okay, get this. Casper is a freaking online mattress retailer, and you can buy a mattress from them, and they'll ship it to you, and it's freaking vacuum-packed. So you open it, and it inflates into a full mattress right in front of your freaking eyes. Notice how much I'm not swearing. (laughs) So what's awesome about this? Um, One, you get to watch a mattress grow like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man in your home. Two, going through an online retailer is so much cheaper than going to the store and spending 10 years testing out mattresses that 50 people have laid on before you and probably gotten all sweaty and gross. Like, that's that's really gross. I'm like, you don't want to take the time. You made it gross. (laughs) (laughs) So, Casper, you know, you take out the the middleman of all that time that you're spending going to the mattress store and all the money that you're spending on, like, the sheer fact that it's a brick-and-mortar store and a showroom and everything. And Casper mattresses are super, super duper affordable. Uh, you can get a twin for $500, a full-size for $750, $850 for a queen, $950 for a king-size mattress. And get this, they're all made in America. And if you don't like it, you can return it during a hun- or after 100 days, or between 1 and 100 days, I guess, for free, which takes literally all the risk out of buying a mattress. And how awesome is that? You don't, you don't want to, like, go to a showroom and sit on a mattress for two seconds and then be like, I'm tired I'm g- and hungry, I'm going home, or I'm going to the food court to stuff my face with fries. You want to actually sleep on a mattress in your home, find out if you like it. Have have fun with the mattress. Get to know the mattress. Get intimate with the mattress. And um, then you make your decision. And Casper helps people do that. So if you yourself would like 
to get $50 towards any mattress purchase, you should visit casper.com slash rocket and use the code rocket at checkout. Um, yeah, $50 towards any mattress purchase courtesy of us. And thank you so much, Casper, for supporting Rocket and Relay FM. We dig ya. I always love talking about mattresses. It's the best part of my week. It is. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so so can I talk a bit about faking death threats? Because this this is the part of this that really, really upset me. Um, you know, Amy, can you help me remember the exact wording of this? But like Victor sent an email to his uh, Samantha persona, uh, which, by the way, is proven by like uh, IP addresses. Uh, that's the same. But um, like he sent an email to himself saying, hey, you know, you're just a, a like, can, do you remember the wording of that? It was a, it was a lot of, yeah, I think I have a picture of it. So it was a lot of like, you, why don't you die, you C word, purposeful bad grammar. <laughs> uh, it, it was written like a Gamergate sort of rant. Yep. Uh, and I am 100% willing to believe there's a lot of misogyny in, in, in this community, uh, but not quite to the, to, to, to the Gamergate. Mm-hmm. Not, not even quite to it, but uh, it would be expressed in a, in a manner that was not akin to the way that Gamergate expresses themselves. Right. Uh, and so- this, to me, read as false. And I immediately looked at all of uh, the Samantha Beafield's characters' Uh, mentions um, and I didn't see any kind of threats and I've read your mentions when you're being <laughs> a threat and it's night and day like you actually have a lot of people saying very very awful things to you in public that's a good point that's something I, I hadn't thought of honestly um, isn't it weird that all of her her threats I mean, it's not weird when you think about it now, but all of the threats came in private. None of them Over ever email. public. I read all of her mentions. I am ashamed to admit how obsessed I've been with this since wow. August. Um, I have read all of her mentions and I actually felt good about your community because I felt they were shockingly civil. Okay, there might have been some mansplaining going on, you know, but uh, they were there were no threats. I I found a lot of very very civil disagreement. Like people saying that they disagree with your point is not harassment. It, it really and it wasn't people constantly pounding her, pounding her, pounding her. It was really very civil. The only things, the the, the really bad things always came privately. But yet this email that she posted, this person chose to put their name on it. Like if you're going to go to the trouble. Of like sending a private death threat or you know uh, any kind of harassment threat. Are you going to really send it from your real account? I mean, I don't even. Right. It it didn't make so, any sense. And uh, go ahead, Brianna. So I do have a lot to say about this. Uh, so you know, it actually I I could tell you like my death threats are so serious. The FBI is involved. Uh, you know, they made a Law and Order episode about my death threats. <laughs> like that's that's free. And you know, it is actually. I know, yeah. <laughs> you win. No, <laughs> we bow. You, you do get, you do get, um, I've had death threats sent to my phone. I've had them left in my voicemail. I've had uh, them sent to me in Skype. 
uh, once your Skype handle gets out there, you'll get a lot of uh, of death threats sent that way. You do get them through email. So like her getting some death threats through email was not, it didn't, it rang false to me. And I was willing to give uh, him the benefit of the doubt with that. But I just, I have to take a minute here and just speak about how callous and deranged and extremely concerning it is to take a situation like what has happened to me, Zoe Quinn, Anita, Randy Harper, and other women in the game industry where we have had SWAT teams sent to our house. We have had people make videos trying to terrify us, sending us messages. I've had, when my dog died, I had them sending me pictures of dogs being mutilated in cages. You know, I've had the psychological damage that I've had to endure with this level of death threats for speaking out for women in the game industry and to have someone wear that as like a cloak and fake it. It's not just offensive. Like it makes me, Amy, it makes me so angry. I just can't even tell you. It is belittling to the women out there actually getting it done, like actually standing up and actually my name is on every damn thing that I write. Christina, yep. your name is on everything that you Absolutely. write. Absolutely, Amy, you are yourself online. Simone, same thing with you. We are out there. We take the heat for our views and we represent ourselves honestly. And for me, I have bled so much on the field this year for women in tech. And to have some dude with a, a, a problem, like a psychological problem, co-opting that it's not just offensive. It belittles everything that I've stood up for this year. And frankly, the things that my family has been willing to risk their life about this year. And I don't know if it's possible for Victor to feel shame, but he needs to feel shame about this. And he, he seriously needs help. So I really appreciate um, Amy and Guy, you mentioning that you went through the mentions because my initial reaction when we were talking about Samantha getting threats or not getting threats was, well, even if the Victor or even if the Samantha persona is a lie, I don't want to say that that person wasn't harassed because I don't know. I do appreciate you doing the groundwork on that and finding out what the real issue there was. And I I think that kind of relates back to a lot of the reservations that I myself had about this whole story as a person who was sort of one degree removed. Like I know everyone involved, but I was never, I I never spoke to Samantha. She never spoke to me, et cetera. My concern with it, the whole thing was I am an opponent. uh, I will always oppose prying into someone's personal life and personal identity based on suspicions of them online, because I've seen it happen to good people that I, that I'm friends with and that I'm fond of. And so I always want to, that that's where I draw my moral line. Like any kind of doxing to me is bad because it can happen. Bad people can do it. And if it happens to bad people, I don't care. It's the same moral quandary. If you know, anyone can do it. Therefore we should, no one should do it. So the fact that this, this information has come out in a very what I feel um, now having now knowing more about the situation is a very fair manner. Um, you, Amy, had asked Victor if you could publish the images, which eventually, um, w- which did reveal his IP address, 
which was the same between the Samantha persona and emails sent by Victor Johnson months before, before the Samantha persona existed, revealing that they had the same IP address. And looking back into um, a blog that Victor had had, which had the same footer as Samantha's current blog, these are all things that I feel are pretty easy to find out about someone, but not as intrusive as, say, finding their home address. Um, <laughs> I do I do still have, I guess, I, I want to say that it, I think it it is, I, I do, I want to foster an online climate where, like, if somebody wants to use a pseudonym or something, they can, but this issue of masquerading as a woman and faking death threats really casts a horrible, horrible um, impression on people because it's the it's the story of, of you know burned once and um, be, being burned by someone who you believed and I, I feel like people who have been burned by Samantha may be less willing to trust in women who say they have been harassed in the future and that's a huge problem because women are yeah. already not readily believed when harassment comes around and Tiff Arment wrote a wonderful piece about this which went up today on Medium called Abuse Tourism where she talks about literally abuse tourism, which is a term that I think she said Syracuse coined. But it's something we see a lot. Like there was the the one that comes to mind is an article that was going around a few months ago, or sorry, a few years ago, that was like, two guys walk down the street holding hands and see how people respond to them. It's this idea that you need two straight men to experience homophobia, to prove that gay men are experiencing homophobia. You see it all the time in like, in this case, you know, masquerading as a woman and quote-unquote receiving harassment and it's this idea that until someone from outside the community experiences what people within the community have experienced it's not valid there's not proof and i really hope that the lasting impression of this isn't that we need men to experience harassment to understand what women are going through we need men to masquerade as women to prove that bad things have happened to you, Brianna, to you, Christina. Um, I really hope that that's not the lasting impression that people will take away from this whole controversy. I fear for the next pretty young woman who tries to break into tech and is immediately met with suspicion. Like, And that's one thing that's really been bothering me. And even before I knew this person's identity, but when I was 99% sure you know, that he was you know, not a woman. That's one of the things that kept me from revealing it. Same. Talking about it because I felt like, you know what? This is just going to look bad for women overall and it's going to create a distrust and a, you know, you have to prove your identity and prove your abuse. And like, it just, it really, really didn't sit well with me. And I also want to say that like in revealing his identity, I, I didn't, and Guy knows this too. Like we took that very seriously. We, we didn't just lightly want to do this. Um, and we didn't want mm-hmm. people to make assumptions about when this is okay. Like there's an adage in the law that says hard cases make bad law. And I think that that applies here. Like this doesn't mean just because you don't think someone is a woman that you can then therefore out them or, or you know, if someone is working under a, a pseudonym or anonymity that it's okay to out them. Like, this is an edge case. This is a really special, very different, you know, thing that we haven't experienced before. And I don't think you can make any rules on how to behave from this one case. I definitely, I totally, totally agree with that. I really despise this trend that happens, not 
specifically in tech, just online in general, of people trying to disprove things that sit not quite right with them. There was the story of a woman who um, had spoken up against a guy who was harassing another woman on the street. She got punched in the face and she po- posted a photo of herself with a bruise. And some Sherlock on Tumblr decided to, quote unquote, disprove this. It was true. It was a true story. She was telling the truth, and but people believed the guy who was trying to, quote-unquote, investigate it, and she got a ton of harassment over it. And it's this kind of situation. I feel like online it's so tricky to know when you're in the right and when you're in the wrong. And a lot of people like to think all the time that they know what's going on. They see behind the curtain. They Everything is revealed to them. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you that this is really a specific case of somebody who was using his image right. as a woman to hurt women to and to hurt people who did not deserve it. <laughs> can can I say something about yeah. that? Um you know, this is the Gamergate playbook, right? Yes. To yep. to decide you have a problem with someone and to investigate, 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 investigate their until history you until you find something to put up um and attack them with. Um, and yeah, let's just be really honest here. In a lot of the chat I've seen from the Apple community about Victor slash Samantha, uh, yeah, there's been a real stench of transphobia to it mm-hmm. uh, in the language. And that has been very bothersome. Amy, um, I'm going to say this to you on the show today. One of the people that you have been, um, I, I know that you've been interacting with on Twitter, I tried to discuss this with her privately. Um, she has a history, uh, it was someone sent this to me, uh, she has a history of going through and outing transgender women to people behind their back, uh, researching, finding out their histories, and sending that to a bunch of people publicly. And one of those people is involved with trying to do this to Samantha uh, slash Victor. And I do think that there's a lot of bad faith that's involved with this. Um, you know, but there's there's a real difference in someone that might be trans, transgender and would transition and then has no choice to like experience like all of the the harassment and downside to, you know, being a woman or if you go the other way being a man. You know, that is an utterly different situation than picking a pseudonym falsifying harassment and using that gender as a weapon to tear down public figures. You know, it's just night and day. But I do think it's important to take a moment and and just note that there has been a lot of transphobia involved with this. Christina, you mentioned that the idea that Victor might be a trans person was a straw man argument that people were making. And I want to know, how did you know that pursuing this was the right thing to do? Yeah, I felt like it was a straw man argument for it, it wasn't even so much a trans thing as it was couldn't be under her her own name that was really my, my whole concern my my read on it just just being completely honest was from my own conversations i got the sense that this was someone who was putting on an act and it didn't read to me like someone was putting on an act out of their own safety or because they could be comfortable with with their identity but because they were trying to pull one over Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's worth noting that Victor himself made a lot of transphobic comments. Yep. Um, yep. On Twitter. So, yep. and this is certainly, this is certainly something that we, you know, the, the people that I was talking to and me and my husband thought about too. And, um, you know, certainly had no interest in outing anyone who was doing that, but it, it just, 
like I said, hard cases make bad law. And this is just so not that that I just don't think it's it's useful to try to extrapolate like what to do in that situation from this. This was just so obviously not that. And uh, but but it did cross all of our minds. And, uh, you know, I know Guy in particular brought it up, too. Um, it, it just it, it was something that we thought about. This was ahead, difficult. Guy. Um, definitely. Definitely. I difficult. A, I, I don't like to get involved in this kind of weird stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, I really don't. Um, By weird stuff, do you no, mean no, and, investigating no, people's like, identities? Um, salacious stuff. I think it felt salacious and gossipy to you at first. At first. And, uh, and then I, I, I increasingly became incredibly concerned about it uh, because I think it, it, it had the potential to do a lot of work. Um, that while not enough, uh, you know, there was, we were slowly beginning to build some kind of traction in terms of, you know, ad- addressing systemic issues in, in, in the, the culture and the community. Um, and what Victor was doing was completely undermining that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if, if Samantha had been, um, uh, a, a woman and not tran- not transgender, just just the character, and she had made up uh, these threats. Uh, and I know I, I I'm aware that that's a difficult thing to say because uh, that's a common accusation from from uh, sort of gamergate kind of people. Mm-hmm. It would cast the community and and Marco in particular in the light that like we don't welcome new voices or women's voices and it would only serve to have um made her or made made the character of Samantha more popular by basically lambasting the community as as being um uh, unwelcoming to, mm-hmm. to to diversity and I think that's a disservice to everybody involved. I really do. It's sort of like, well, let's take the the potential energy of the, uh, uh, you know, the goodwill to sort of honestly address the shortcomings of the community, and it is absorbing it into this one character that is that is Samantha. And when you actually read what this character has been writing, it's, it's pretty apparent that it's from a male perspective. Yeah. Um, and then I was honestly concerned that it was uh, maybe somebody in transition. Uh, and I didn't know how to deal with that. Uh, and and as I looked into it, uh, I, I honestly, Jonna, I did not really want to tell you that I was like, I'm curious about this because I felt that it was uh, maybe an avenue of an investigation that was inappropriate. Well, I mean, and again, I think that's, uh, you know, it's, it's very concerning when some of the people involved with critiquing Samantha that a lot of people have been talking to. When I get screenshots showing me this woman's history of outing transgender women, of going into their past, researching their colleges, sending their dead name to people. That is tremendously disturbing behavior. 
And, you know, I just want to say that's beyond unacceptable. Um, but you know, that's not the, the situation here. So I don't know. I, I think, you know, being transgender doesn't, yeah. Into it, there's an impetus yeah. there, right? And right, right. it's because it feels weird. And how do you explain that? Like, oh, I had a weird gut reaction. I, I, I didn't know if I could. I, I think I, think I get what you're saying. Being somebody that was like, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. It's awkward. And I think that delayed, uh, uh, you know, the ultimate resolution of this, which is when Amy uh, basically turned into the Hulk. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got, I, I, I got really mad. I got really mad when she started taking money and then um, the argument and the argument was made that, hey, if these people like her work, then and if they are willing to pay for it, then that's on them. And why should we intervene and tell them what to do with their money? No, and, and it wasn't just Guy. I mean, my husband was basically saying, like, let's let's wait for a moment. Like, he, he's going to mess up. He's not smart. Like, that's one thing that I want to get out there. I do not think he's a mastermind. No. I think that he fell. I think that he tried this a billion times as mm-hmm. Victor Johnson and didn't get any traction. And I think he tried it as a pretty young girl and got a yep. little bit of traction and I think that he went with it and he fell into a circumstance where the community was looking um, to be more positive. And I think that he took advantage of a lot of people. And I think I think he is a good manipulator. Yep. I think he's a lifelong manipulator and pathological liar. But I think he just fell into this situation. I think yeah. I don't not, think not, he not got to into you this. Off, but to I take also down. think that he was inflammatory and that doubled down on the, yes. the, the young woman well, speaking, think- speaking truth to power kind of dynamic. Because previously his tweets had not been adversarial at all. Yeah, but you know what? I think he got a little heady. I think he got a little mm-hmm. bit of support. And he got high on our, it. Our theory has always been, yeah, and at night I think he uh, indulges a little bit in, some, in, in a few drinks. And I think at night he gets cheeky. I mean, if you'll notice, you know, cheeky Samantha – Always came out at night. <laughs> I feel that 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 might be that might be one of those things that perhaps we won't point right? fingers about a, because a little no no no. But perhaps that's why I recognize it. <laughs> but I feel at night he would get a little cheeky, and then in the morning it was I'm so sorry that wasn't right. You know, like the whole little yep. you know cartoon yep. character yep. you know drawing a circle in the sand with her foot. Like Sally, you know? so, <laughs> I, yeah. I think that that's and that's how it used to go. And but cheeky Samantha always came out at night. The you know the you're an effing idiot guy and uh, yeah, yeah swearing at people, the transphobic stuff, absolutely. And I have to you know, you brought up the money. This to me is where it really gets uncomfortable. Like where this is uh, frankly. Uh, you know, Amy, you proved beyond a reasonable doubt for anyone that this is the 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 same person. And there's like an astronomical chance that like right. you know, their their IP carrier like had the exactly. same thing. Exactly. In to, the MAC address. This is <laughs> this is where this is where it really gets terrible to me. And I don't think enough stuff has been said to this. So there are people that want to support women in tech, right? And you could 
donate money to any of the millions of real women doing real work on this issue right. that really matters. Right. And I'm going to read something from Samantha's, like introducing membership. Um, I then quickly realized that my voice is unique, is unique and refreshing to those who encountered the thoughts I'd shared. I quickly made a name for myself as someone who can write bluntly and effectively and is willing to speak out against the grain of what I've now heard hundreds of people refer to as the echo chamber. That's not it at all. That is a complete misrepresentation. <laughs> this person made a name for themselves by in a defamatory manner writing things about Marco Armit. I they wrote this. They said if you criticize Marco Armit, you can expect to get death threats and rape threats sent to you. And <sighs> that is like disgusting. mind-blowingly dishonest and like making those kinds of claims and then wrapping yourself in the flag of women in tech in this issue that a lot of people in the Apple community do want to improve. It is, I, I just can't even process how evil and, and terrible that is. I mean, it's horrible, right? And like we were saying at the top of the show, it did kind of prove that those people are clearly out there, people who are looking for a woman, a female voice to support right. and who wanted to give money to a female voice, which unfortunately in this case was not, <laughs> not a female at all voice. true. Right. We can all sleep better at night knowing that she probably made about I was going to say, you know, because I, I saw claims that she was, and again, again, this $40 she doesn't, she doesn't deserve, but she so exaggerated. I've seen her, so I've seen that she said that she had over 350 members <laughs> That would be it's that would mean not, one out of every five uh, Twitter followers agreed to pay her. That is insane. Okay, the, you you guys yeah. seriously, that is not how it, patronage it works. Happen. That is not how memberships work. You are lucky if you have a one percent turnover. Let alone like 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 exactly. like a thirty percent. Are you freaking yeah. kidding me? It's, For it's someone like, who existed solely on Twitter and on the website, exactly, and so, who and who didn't give any information, and, and frankly, from. whose content was not very good. I mean, honestly, maybe uh -huh. write half the words. Right. Just please. Uh, the writing's bad. You need an editor. The writing is, is you definitely bad. need an editor. Yes. So, a woman that you should give money to is Lynda.com, a sponsor <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Nice. Oh. I run a tight ship here, guy. <laughs> Linda, I, who I haven't spoken of in a while. We haven't Linda. had Com. Linda in so long. Welcome back, Linda. I know. I'm so you. happy. I've been waiting for a Linda ad read because honestly, I have been using Linda a lot lately. <laughs> so I'm really pumped to talk about it. So, okay. If you don't know, now you know. Linda is the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your skills in whatever the heck you want to learn. They have video courses on public speaking. They have video courses on coding. They have video courses like I've been doing on... Adobe After Effects, which is a program that is completely incomprehensible if you open it up and just look at it with your eyes without an expert telling you what to do. And that's the other great thing about lynda.com is that all these video courses are taught by 
experts who are working in the field. They know what they're talking about. They're not just completely divorced from what you need from them. And the courses are actually really fun to follow. They have all, like downloadable stuff. So you download the, the files to your computer and you can go through, for example, in my case, the After Effects lesson where you're learning about doing transitions and then making text be pretty and filters and things like that. And it has been a lot of fun. I seriously, I have not yet finished the After Effects course because I started it pretty recently. Um, I got like halfway through and I already feel so much more confident about everything that I do in After Effects. But it's been so useful for me because previously um, our art director had been doing all of our motion graphics and stuff. And so if there was ever a situation where I needed to be like, oh crap, I need this to be like a second longer. I need this color to be a little different. I would open up After Effects and I'd be like, help. And that's no longer the case. I can totally make changes myself. I can even make my own from scratch, which is something that I would not have thought myself capable of a few months ago. I freaking love lynda.com. I still have it open in a tab right now. Okay. So yes, you can go to lynda.com. You can learn whatever the heck you want to learn about. Learn a skill that will help you get a job in the future. Learn a skill that will help you enjoy a hobby that you have more off or more. Um, there, you can also browse the course transcripts as you're going through, which is really useful for me. They have a transcript for every single video and you can just click on a line of text and the video will jump to that line and you can hear just specifically that part, which is great for going through the the early parts of each lesson where it's a little bit, you know, you're just learning the basics. If you already know that, you can just skip right to the part that you want to learn about. It's really, really awesome. So lynda.com membership will get you unlimited access to all of those courses, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of them, thousands of hours of things that you could learn about and become the top expert in whatever you want to do. Uh, you can visit lynda.com slash rocket to sign up for a free 10-day trial. Give it a whirl. See see what you want to learn about. Um, browse the courses. They have a lot of... I remember one from last time I was investigating, like, the weirdest courses I could find. They had, like, humor in the workplace, how to be funny in the workplace, which I probably need because um, of all the lawsuits that are being wrought up against me now by my coworkers. But, you know, they don't understand my humor, so... It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> go to lynda.com slash rocket. Find out what you want to learn about today. And thank you so much, Linda, for sponsoring this episode of Rocket. So happy to have you back. <laughs> You're so good at that. So <laughs> that was a whirlwind. I feel like we got it all out there. I feel like we got it all out there. Um, I did want to ask Guy and, and Amy, how were you guys able to connect that this was Victor? I mean, uh, like, did you have like kind of a heads up on this? Because obviously, comparing the IP addresses on the emails was like a perfect match. But w- w- Guy, did you know that this was Victor earlier? Uh, earlier than what? <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I guess like, from what I remember, uh, I think it, maybe it was was it John Gruber who was saying it. Uh, he had corresponded with Victor Johnson when Victor Johnson was Victor Johnson, um, and the name on the harassment email pinged something for him, and that's why he looked into it. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Amy, since you're yeah. married to him. So so. <laughs> Well, so for me, I started looking into it uh, once uh, the Samantha character posted what I really believe to be a fraudulent or at least um, a a threatening email that I was very concerned about. Uh, Having run a conference and and having women on my show, uh, I'm pretty sensitive to 
you know, if there's members of our community that are lashing out at women like that, I kind of want to know. Because, uh, uh, you know, it's, in, in terms of making a safe space, it's part of my responsibility is, you know, mm-hmm. from a conference or, or a podcast host. Uh, and after a little bit, the name Victor Johnson was brought up by uh, by a mutual friend of ours. And that's when things just kind of all fell into place. Right, right. Someone had remembered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and someone had remembered that there had been a Victor Johnson on the tech scene and who had had a yes, podcast. that's still on Stitcher. And so, um, yeah, yeah, apparently. I mean, I... It's as good as his writing. I mean, I listened to about. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I tried. It, it draws <laughs> on. The reason. The reason I mentioned this is because what proved to me before even. Um, I guess it was Alex who posted his definitive kind of analysis of, of the of the email headers, yeah, like the outside perspective, yes, which we did a great job with that. Before he even did that, I was already convinced based on just your email alone, but just. Out of curiosity, I think you, Amy, or, or maybe it was John, who um, uh, tweeted uh, something about uh, how uh, Eli Schiff had been a guest on his podcast. And I went back and I listened to that episode, and there was certain language that Victor said, which then was identical to language that Samantha tweeted. And I was like, bam, that's it. Right. That's it. How about this? I, I mean, I remember looking at his old Twitter accounts, and I had seen some emails, and it's those goddamn winky faces. God, I hate those. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you slander Seriously. the winky face? <laughs> and, and you know what? We, we, Honestly, we are a pro it's emoji so podcast. funny because that is one of the things in the beginning that made me think that he was like a middle-aged man because I thought yeah. there was no way like a real 25, 26-year-old woman wouldn't be using emoji that they'd be using those old-fashioned yes. winky faces. You're and dead I was on. wrong. I was actually wrong. Well, I was wrong. It's not a middle-aged man. He's not a middle-aged man, but right, not understanding that girls are going to... Yeah, totally. What got me was one of the DMs uh, the, the Samantha character was saying, "Oh, you know, I would you what would you be willing to meet up with me when we're when I'm in New York and just prove to people that I'm a woman?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, absolutely." I mean, I don't care. I mean, sure. it's New York City. We'll meet at a public place. Like, I'm not scared, right? Yeah. And, and I said, I said, sure. If you're in the city, let's let's do it. And she's like, "Oh, you know, I've got to go to the American Girl store, you know, because my nieces are going on about it." And I thought, I was like, "Hold up, that seems a little <laughs> weird." I was like, "That's a little awkward reference." I was like, that seems right. a little bit right. too. I don't <laughs> think kids today actually care about the American Girl dolls. I mean, I know they have the store and the whole thing, but I don't think the kids really care that much about. It. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Again, um, slander. Well, well, here, no, but here's the thing. <laughs> I then made a joke saying, "Oh, I loved my Molly doll," and 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 was you know, I didn't get any response. I was talking to just going on about my own American Girl doll, and I was like, if this was really a girl in her twenties. She certainly had an American Girl doll, and she would totally be like, "Oh, I had a Samantha, which was actually one of the American Girl dolls, right. or I had I had a Felicity, I had a, a, a Kirsten, I had a Addie, I had a whatever." Nothing. It, there wasn't even a sense of recognition, and I was like, mm, "Yeah, okay, you're you're really reaching to, for references." I have to tell you, Christina, that one of the first, and I've made this joke a billion times to people, you know, who are like, "I don't know if it's a guy." She tweeted at you, and you were wearing a gingham shirt, and she's like, you look so cute in that plaid shirt. And I was like, no woman would call gingham plaid. And, and I was like, I was like, case closed, mic drop, you know? And uh, I'm going to Google it. I know. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what gingham she is. called gingham plaid. That was, that was the smoking gun. No, <laughs> but I have been making that joke. But I just and I remember it was to you. It was to you. It was to you. And I thought she tweeted something to you about like, oh, aren't you worried your lady lotions will ruin the watch band or something? Yes. And I was and, like, um, and I was like, yeah, I was right. Like, lady, I was like, no, like, <laughs> no, like I have never not worn a watch because I'm concerned my lady lotion. I, I was I was going to be I was, right? I was like, like my moisturizer. I was like, no, did I, you I, use yeah, you did. I think lady you did lotion. That. that is so no, creepy. she did not. Ew. I don't okay. think she okay. said lady lotions. Oh, I think God. I'm putting yeah, that. Yeah, she yeah. said, okay. "Aren't you like worried your lotion?" But see, but we, but but you would say it in a way that we would know it was you. But I remember that we and, right. and thinking it was weird. And I was like, "No, I'm not concerned about like the watch band being impacted right. by my moisturizer." Mm-hmm. I like, spray perfume right on my watch. I mean, you, I, I, it's just you know, you, you just don't think about it, and it's only a man who would think. I, it, it's so it's so silly, like. It's so silly, the things, like, in hindsight, like, looking back at the things that, like, convinced me, like, she was stupid enough to, and and again, this sounds so silly, but it just, like, lends to the pathological lying. She tweeted something about my favorite bar in Philadelphia, and it has nickels on the bar, and it's stupid, but she's, like, you know, like, to John, she's, like, winky face, like... Uh, ask them to show you the some of the nickels that are turned upside down. And we're literally sitting there in the closed <laughs> bar with the bar owner who is like an OCD crazy perfectionist. And we're like, Lee, are there any upside down nickels here? And he's like, no way. Like, and I knew that, but, but so bold to know right. that John and I go to that bar, but yet to still say that, but it, but like, what a ridiculous lie. Like, why would you even yes. make up that lie? Well, it, so, so the character says to me in a DM, they said, oh, I live in Philly. Who would lie about that? And I was like, okay, first of all, <laughs> that's sort of insulting. Um, I've never, I've, I've only been to Philadelphia a couple of times, but it seems like a very nice place. What, what's your damage, right? Like, now, who would lie? Uh, who would lie about it? People who live in New Jersey. Those are people who would lie about it. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you that, live worse. You that, thank you. I will throw shade at New Jersey. New Jersey people, I love you. Come to the come 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 to the real city, and 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 we'll we'll, we'll hang. But like, no, you know what I mean. Like, I, but I'm like, really? Like, you're gonna hate on Philly? Like, have you seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Like, great show. <laughs> I mean, that's basically my only Philly knowledge, know. really. And I, I've been there a couple times. But I'm like, you know, like. I'm like, why are you, why are you saying like, why would I lie about this? I'm like, whatever. I suspect it was maybe to get John's attention. You know what I mean? Like to maybe get John's attention um, to maybe like, Mm, hey, we have something in common. We live in Philadelphia. And I know she frequently tweeted things to me like, hey, why have you ever been to this or this? Like just hoping to get some sort of attention from somebody high profile. Yeah, it's intentional. I, I don't know. I, I found it really that creepy. Is a like I said, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, right. And and the, eventually she stumbled yeah. upon it, you know, to criticize Marco and to get attention. Yeah, but can I say that? I mean, like that to me is the biggest evidence that you know this is obviously a cisgender dude because like any woman is going to know like talking about someone's location to like any woman it's like something that's gonna be oh that's making me feel red freaking flag right right and And, and one thing i found really crazy is that she was claiming to get 
death threats while simultaneously saying, hey, I'm going to the Walnut Street Apple Store tomorrow and then I like to go to my favorite bar here. And it's like, so you're getting death threats, but you're going to tell me exactly where you're you're going to be And not only that, but you're going to tell us exactly where you are, but you're not going to use Swarm. Because not that like a lot of people (laughs) still use Swarm, only like five of us still do. I do it mostly for my mom, in fairness. She likes to know that I'm okay and likes to know what I'm doing. So I use Swarm for my mom. But I'm like, if you are that sort of person who's like so intent on sharing your location, you will use like a location sharing service you know what i mean you're not gonna be like oh i'm going to the walnut street apple store and who even Unless identifies putting up appearances and frankly who identifies their apple store by name like no, no, one. One. <laughs> no one i mean <laughs> no one in philadelphia we say we're going to the apple store i want to kind of emphasize that I, for me those things are the things that are most important like i'm gonna be a freaking killjoy here but like Emphasizing the location, even though she was getting death threats, that to me, quote unquote, faking, even emphasizing her location, even, even though, though she was, she was saying at the same time yes. that she was getting death threats, that's important. To me, honestly, like, I, I hate to say, like, that I, it's a funny story, but I hate to say that, you know, every, every woman knows the difference between gingham and plaid. And like, because a lot of people, again, this is going back to the trans issues, which are really important to me. I think it is unfair to assume a shared cultural knowledge between all women just That's because fair. it does get really yes like there, there are people who genuinely just did not Absolute. have the opportunity no, to know that no and no you're, you're absolutely American right I, I, in this case in this case though she was pretending to already have be, to, but, but she was she was selling herself as being a girly girl that 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 that's why I think Amy's like radar went up. Exactly. Like again, that it goes back to what Amy was saying about it being an edge case. Like in this case, it was an edge case. Yeah. And these were things I was saying privately to my husband, and I'm just now saying, you know, in public now, knowing who this person is. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you, and it's silly now, you know, in light of what's happened. But yeah, I mean, I I can't pretend because of something like that that I would know immediately if someone's a man or a woman or if they're, you know, transitioning. Or I I mean, I I speak to that not at all. I'm just trying to speak to this exact situation. Totally. Yeah, and that, I think that's the thing that I just want everyone to keep in mind. Like, this yeah. is a very weird specific right. situation. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I was hoping we could talk about, I, I feel like there's one really big other issue to kind of talk about here. And, you know, that's how, how uh, you know, Samantha slash Victor was so skilled at, at tapping into, like, this anger, this anger against Marco. And, you know, I really want to, I, I want to, like, speak to this in with two very quick stories. Um, you know, I, I, I understand and perceive that there is a kind of sense that there's a, an insider echo chamber. And, you know, if you look at this stuff I have, I've said uh, in my own work as a public figure, I've been very critical of kind of boys clubs in the video game industry. I've been critical of it in the Apple community. But what is the truth? is, you know, if you want to become an Apple pundit, you know, these there are ways you can do this that are honest and genuine. And if you are a woman out there, like, we are actively making a huge push at Relay to open doors to different kind of people, to get different perspectives in, and just look at the shows that we're, we're launching. 
Yeah, I can tell you, like behind the scenes, we are having conversations all the time about this. And I literally, like, trust me, because I talk to everyone in the Mac community. I don't know anyone that I don't believe is genuinely interested in making this better. I know people that I think are more committed than others, but there is a, a real sense among the Apple community that this is important. And if you do want to get out there and get your voice known, you know, write good stuff, represent yourself honestly, have something unique to say, um, you know, like you can do it. It's just, you know, it's not guaranteed to you. Like something I've run into a lot is people seem to feel like just because they have a real passion for Mac that they are like entitled to a podcast. And it, it, it's not the situation. But you know, beyond that, I, I, I want to tell a story, and Amy, I hope this is going to be okay, to say, um, you know, I was, I was one of the people when uh, you know, your husband, John, left uh, Five by Five with the talk show, that I was very critical to him on Twitter. And this was before I was really anyone people knew in the, in the game industry. And I was very, very critical of that. And I had what I thought, I I was not alone. I had what I thought was a real karmic moment a few years later, where I had a show on 5 by 5 and (laughs) I ended up leaving 5 by 5 for literally the exact same reasons that your husband (laughs) We've all had it. You're not the only one. You're not the only one, Brie. right. So I guess- You're not the only one. You're not even close to the only one. (laughs) My point is there- You're getting into my hot buttons. Right, right, right. (laughs) My point is when you're on the outside of it, it's really, really easy to quarterback these situations and to say, oh, well, Marco should do this. You know, everyone should do this. And the truth is, we are just all people. We are not Jesus. We are flawed individual people that have a modicum of talent and have built careers often by working our asses off. And, you know, I feel like there's this constant tendency with celebrities to like build someone up and then enjoy tearing them down. Well, I see that tendency towards, you know, John Gruber. I see it towards Marco. I see it towards Relay at times. And, you know, I want the listeners out there to hear me when I say we are real people. When you send stuff to Marco or to me, or I would imagine to John, it, it hurts. It really hurts. And I wish that more people would just have a little bit of empathy for the fact that it is really challenging to be on a, on a stage living your life just trying to have a career and having tens of thousands of people feeling like they get an opinion on everything you say or do professionally. It's kind of awful. So, But I think that we are all human and I don't think that I handled this situation perfectly, but I didn't know how to handle this situation. This is not something I've ever dealt with and I just wanted to do what I felt was right and maybe I didn't do damage control perfectly, maybe, you know, Revealing it on Twitter wasn't perfect, but I was mad and I felt like I was doing what was right. And I'm sorry if it wasn't perfect. I do want to say that I think Amy nailed it earlier when she said that uh, hard cases make bad law. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this is a weird edge case. Uh, I honestly believe that 
most actors in this story behaved appropriately and with yeah. honor. Uh, and that's commendable. Uh, and if anything, hopefully this, you know, sort of cements uh, some kind of community spirit and, and mutual understanding mm-hmm. rather than us just turning on each other given the, you know, the slightest impetus to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor is a bad guy, <laughs> but yeah. he can't. He, we can't let him ruin it. Yeah, and I think that shows through the actions of all the people involved. And I hope that again, this won't reflect badly on women. And I include trans women in that because trans women are women; they're not men impersonating women. That is not at all the impression that I want us to give here. This was a case of some a man, a cisgender man, lying for for his own gain, and it sucks. It sucks that it reflects so badly both on the other cisgender men that he hurt on the women that he hurt. Like it, it sucks. It's terrible. It's terrible. And he's unable to understand the damage that he's caused. And, you know, like I'm, I'm going to take the high road and not you know betray what was said in DM. But yeah, I could say from DMs that I've had with this, this man, he, he doesn't understand it. And, you know, I, I would genuinely say this, there's no snark in it, it, it involved with this. You know, you are not healthy. Like, uh, you know, uh, Glenn Fleischman said something to me that I thought was really, really well said. He said, this is someone that has uh, more of a pathology than a plant. And, you know, my suggestion to you is to, like, you need help. This is this is not good for you. Like it's definitely not good for the Apple community, but you know, go find a therapist, get some help, find out why you're acting this way. Like, you know, you're, you're hurting us. Like you, you clearly want to be part of this community, but that's not going to happen as long as this is the way that you behave. And you know, to be honest, you've precluded that ever happening probably. And you know, like I said, he would have been just as happy if you all loved him. You know, like, I think he just found the in for attention and he took it. Yeah. And I think that comes over to where, you know, I really need everyone listening to this. I am begging you, if you have ethics in your soul, like, please don't give this to him. Like, please don't. You're not helping him by listening to him by like enabling him to create drama against the professionals that work so hard to create content for you to enjoy. Like it's really on you now to like ignore this person going forward, because I know for a fact, all of us intend to. So, so I I just want to, I want to close out this conversation uh, officially by saying, you know, this sucks. Have trust in people. Don't harass people. And I hope that this is the last time that this happens because it, there's no no one wins in this situation. 